after I finished watching the uh, binge watching 13 Reasons Why on Netflix, I decided to go to my PVR and start watching Genius from the National Geographic Channel. It's produced by uh, Brian Grazer and Ron Howard, and it is about Albert Einstein in his youth and, uh, and you know, in later years as well. And it's a fascinating show. And funnily enough, then today I open up the paper and I hear that Dr. Ben Tippert, who is a theoretical physicist and mathematician at, a math, mathematician at UBC Okanagan, has uh, created a formula based on Einstein's theory of general relativity, concluding that time travel is indeed possible. And boom, here he is on the uh, on the show. Welcome to the show, Doc. Hello, Kelly. Hello, Toronto. How's it going today? I wish your last name was Brown. <laughs> I got to say, at the risk of, uh, of you know, my eyes glazing over and because it is way beyond my pay scale, how is time tra- travel possible? All right. Well, let's, 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 let's talk about it uh, briefly. First off, uh, I, I didn't invent time travel. I mean, not, not, not me. Uh, Einstein, you watch that TV show, Einstein was friends with a, a guy named Kurt Gödel. Who, uh, who, who was the first person to use Einstein's theory to generate time travel. What, what I've specifically done is I've specifically made a certain type of time travel that looks like what we would call a time machine mm-hmm. so that I could use Einstein's theory to analyze it. Okay? So let's talk about how we did that. Um, Einstein's theory is one where space and time are stuck together. Okay? Uh, into something called space-time. Mm-hmm. So we're used to three dimensions of space. Uh, in addition to that, there's uh, an additional time dimension that's kind of stuck on top of that, making four dimensions. Um, and Einstein says that uh, gravity, the thing that causes all the planets to go around the sun, isn't caused by a force pulling them together. What it's caused by is curvature in this space-time. And so, I, I don't know, think about, a, think about a kid in a skateboard park, okay? So the kid goes straight, in a straight line on a skateboard. It's hard to turn on a skateboard. I don't know if you've ever tried it. I'm I have sure. tried it, yeah. Never very good at it. But the kids in the skateboard parks end up going in U-shaped trajectories, right? They, they do all sorts of interesting curves. And what it is is that they're banking off the curvature of the surface, right? So, so something similar. They're moving in a straight line, and the surface that they're traveling over is curved, and that causes them to turn. Mm-hmm. So essentially, Einstein says that the planets go around the sun because there's curvature in the space that, that causes their orbits to go in little circles. Well, big circles, huge circles, year-long circles. Okay, so, so Einstein's theory is about curvature in space and time. And so one thing we can do with the theory is we can cause the direction of time. I'm, I'm saying this with big quotation marks because it's, it's, it's a kind of a mathematically complicated but very rigorous exercise. Uh, yeah, dumb it down for us. I don't mind. I resemble okay. what you're doing. Let me just say the direction of time can turn depending on where you are because of this curvature okay. in space-time. Okay? Mm-hmm. So what I did was I used the curvature of space-time to bend time in a circle for people who are living inside the box. And let me, let me emphasize that I don't have a working time machine. This is a mathematical model of a time machine that I then use Einstein's theory to analyze. So I came up with a mathematical model of a system where time goes in a circle for some people stuck in a little box. Right. right. And so is this, could this possibly be made in the future into a time machine so that you can test out that theory? Oh, wouldn't that be great? Um, so, so. Like the math is there and the math says, yes, it can be done. We're just not there yet. 
Well, the math is there, but the math is just the first start of the of the of the analysis. First, the math had to be there, and that's great. But then we have to add physics to it, and this is part of why Einstein is so famous. He came up with something called the Einstein equation, which relates the curvature in space-time to the type of matter that's generating it. And as far as we're concerned, as far as we know, all matter causes a gravitationally attractive space-time curvature. It causes things to fall together, right? I mean, you've never dropped a pen off your desk and had it fly up into the atmosphere. Everything falls down right. towards the ground, right? So, so the deal is that after building this mathematical model, I analyzed it using Einstein's equation. I wanted to figure out what kind of material is required to cause space-time to curve in this way. Okay, so now, what I found was that we need a type of material that causes space-time to curve in a way we've never seen before in order to make it go in a circle in this particular way. It doesn't, it's, it's not a type of material that, that's common. It's not a type of material that we've ever detected in the laboratory. Essentially, it, we need a, a special kind of non-existent, or rather science has never discovered it, material in order to build one of these time machines. So unfortunately, the conclusion was, here's a mathematically possible system. What kind of, what's it going to take to make it physically possible? And the answer is, we need stuff that we've never seen Could before. Could it be created? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't. Wow! I, like, like what I a said, letdown! We, wah, wah. I know, right? Yeah, but you know, if it if it worked, we we would have known about this a long time ago because we'd have future travelers dropping into our living room saying, "Hey, is that that uh, Spider-Man number one comic book that's really valuable?" Yoink! <laughs> yeah, but would they say it, or would they not just come and grab it? I'm not sure. Um, well, you know, can I borrow your Spider-Man? See you later. Bye. Um, <laughs> all right. What time period, if you could, would you would you choose to travel to? Oh, geez, I'm not sure. I, I you know, I I'm afraid of getting sick anytime. And back in the old days, any anytime anybody would travel anywhere, they would get you know you'd you say ancient Rome, and you'd immediately go back to ancient Rome and get some horrible intestinal parasite. Right, but you'd be oh. aware of what intestinal parasite would be there. You could be uh, vaccinated before you travel. Oh, I suppose. Get that's, a little oh, ducarol and get to Rome. People say that, but then they go to Mexico, where yeah. we know very well what kind of intestinal parasites you can get, and you still get sick, right? So, I mean, I, I, I'd probably just go, I don't know, 1960s? Why not? All right. Sounds well, that's, that seems very predictable for someone that's uh, working in B.C., I have to say, <laughs> if you know what I'm getting at, Dr. Ben yeah, Tippett. Yeah. I appreciate you joining us on the show today. Thank you very much, Kelly. H- have a great day. Uh, Dr. Ben afternoon. Tippett. Is a theoretical physicist and mathematician at UBC Okanagan. Chris, what a letdown that was a little bit. Because, like, I I thought he was going to tell us it's possible. So, yeah, the math is there, but we don't have the stuff to get us there. If you were to travel backwards in time, where would you go? Christos, um, if I, you know, if the time machine actually worked, do you know where you'd travel back to in time? Depends on where I am physically, but yeah, but you could probably get, get somewhere in the in the time using, period using the I'm nerding up using the Back to the Future school of time travel, and mm-hmm. I have to use my vehicle to stay in the same place but travel to a different time. I would go to I'm right here in Toronto right now. First, I would drive a couple blocks north because I'd be in the lake. But <laughs> I would want 
But I'd want to go to Toronto around uh, the turn of the last century, around uh, 1900, uh, just because I'd like to see old sort of Victorian Toronto before it all burnt down. Interesting. Uh, If you didn't have to stay here, where would you go? Would you dinosaur it up? The doctor, (laughs) I'd be scared I'd be eaten. I don't think I would go dinosaur it up. No, you're scrawny. You don't have enough on you. They wouldn't want you. You don't. You think so? You don't think the dinosaurs would want to make a good meal of me? I'm, I'm so insulted. Eh. You know what? I've been racking my brain trying to figure out where I would go if I could time travel, and there's really not a lot of places in the past that have been friendly to women. So you know, I show up, broaden it out here. You know what I'm saying? I'm a fast talker. I would. I don't think I'd be well received, but I think I would like to go to 17th century uh, in the 17th century to find uh, Vermeer. And find out how he painted those masterpieces. Because I watched this excellent documentary on oh, Netflix documentary. called Tim's Vermeer. And it is about this guy who's an inventor. He's amazing. You have to watch this documentary, by the way. And he figures that Vermeer painted like that. And everybody's wondered how he could paint, how he was a master of light. Because he used mirrors. He actually it was self-taught, and he just used mirrors. It takes about a year to paint a Vermeer. He actually sits down and paints one. It's fascinating, and I would like to go and maybe just get on his staff list and go, aha! And That's I would, how it happened. And then I would paint a Catrera, and then I would be a famous masteress you know what, for years. I, I've, I've heard the theory, and my friend Morty says that Monet painted that way because he was nearsighted. Really?